Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? The week has been good. So I can't complain about the week. I um, feel like I need a break though. I mean, I feel like I need a vacation. But other than that, the week has been good. We had a youth health and wealth symposium. I was one of the guest speakers for, and I talked about sex, STDs, and pregnancy to 12 to 17 year olds. So, you know, it was interesting. It was definitely very interesting. But um, so other than that, I feel like this week has been uh, pretty laid back. I've been on call, of course. Um, I'm covering call for somebody else that has some some health issues. So I've been on call pretty much every other week, <laughs> the last month and a half. But either way, it hasn't been a bad call. So I can't complain about that at all. And Harrison's all fully recovered. So can't complain. Everything's good. I'm glad to hear that everything is going well, and I'm glad to hear that Harrison is recovering. I remember we were recording, what, was it two weeks ago, and Harrison just was, like, exhausted. Like, he just looked so pooped, and you were just holding him, and I was like, poor baby. Like, it was almost like someone had let the air out of his balloon, you know what I mean? It was just like, he just wasn't himself, and I'm glad that he's all better now, because, like, we can't have Harrison being out here sick. Like, no. Okay, but I have some questions. Okay. So, have you made any decisions yet about your job? So, not really. I am still negotiating. Okay. And um, I do know that I'm at least going to be traveling um, and doing a couple weeks here and there in Indianapolis. So, I will be back and forth in the Indy area, which is which is nice. I'll be able to catch up with some old friends, um, be able to make a little bit of extra change since I won't be working here as of July 1st. And I'll still be back and forth to Houston. So it's sort of like, I'm going to really miss being in Houston full time. But I mean, right now, it just seems like I'm going to be here for a while. So regardless, I mean, I'll be back and forth here. But I haven't made any decisions in terms of permanent gigs. So y'all just just pray my strength. You know, the church <laughs> say, just pray my strength. Pray my strength. You, you suddenly turned 90 just now, just 90 years old. Like, I mean, we just skipped like a half a century and you turned 90. Oh, Lord. Okay, well, I'm excited that you'll get to go see some friends in Indy. Maybe we should have a, oh, that's deep meetup in Indy. Maybe people can come visit you while you're visiting Indy. Maybe that'll be fun. That will be awesome. Come on down. And, you know, Indy in the summertime is really, really nice. It is nice. It's like in the 80s, the wind is blowing, the sun is shining, and you forget that it was just snowing like last month, right? Because the thing about Indy that I have to remind myself is that once October hits, you might see snow. And you might even see snow in May. Like, it may be still snowing there. I hope not. I hope that they don't have snow. But I will visit if there's no snow. I don't do snow very well. You would think I did since I live in D.C., but I don't do snow very well. It's not my thing. It's not my vibe. I'm a summer baby. I love it to be hot. Not too hot, though, but I would rather it be warmer than cooler. I will say that. Well, um, 
I agree. But I mean, here it's like fry egg on the concrete hot in the summertime. It is ridiculous in the summertime. And Harrison, you know, his birthday is June 3rd. So we're probably going to have something small at the house for him, like some type of like little bouncy houses in the backyard. Why are you looking at me like that? I said small. Okay, you said small, but what you forgot was you messaged an event planner from RO That's Deep, and I saw her work, and it was not small. Did I? You did. You got caught. (laughs) (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Well, I will say this. It is going to be smaller. It's going to be smaller. Um, I've thought about having Smaller than what, his sweet 16? It's going to be small. Okay. And I thought about having something, I thought about having something, uh, you know, at an actual venue, but then I started to think once they didn't have the date available, they were like, oh, we're booked on the fourth and the fifth. Do you want to pick another weekend? I was like, no, I don't want to pick it up. I want, I want this weekend. I'm going to be out of town the following weekend. This is the only, his birthday is the third. Why would I not do Saturday the fourth? So once they uh, took that weekend or didn't have that weekend available. I was like, okay, I will just have something small at the house. So that's what I'm going to do. We'll have a a couple of little bounce houses in the backyard and some food and, you know, and then that's it. I mean, he's only going to be three. So to remind myself, he's only going to be three. Yes. And most three-year-olds go to like Chuck E. Cheese. Now I will give you a pass because there is a pandemic and we don't want Harrison getting sick again. But most three-year-olds go to like the McDonald's ball space or like Chuck E. Cheese, not you know, I was, I giant was just party talking, at the house. I was just talking to James about people don't have parties at McDonald's and Burger King anymore in the little fun houses. I don't even think they have fun houses anymore. I don't think they have those anymore on like the patios. So people don't have Chuck E. Cheese parties anymore. People don't have McDonald's parties anymore. That's just not a thing anymore. When we were growing up, it was like, ooh, what are you having a party? And McDonald's, yeah, you know, you're going to be in the house. But now I, I don't even, I don't know anybody that's had a kid party at McDonald's. I don't. Really? So I think I had a McDonald's birthday party. Actually, I don't think that I had a McDonald's birthday party. I think that Ronald McDonald came as a character to my birthday party in my backyard. But like, no, I didn't have a McDonald's birthday party. I think I had a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party, though. I had like a roller skating birthday party and... Some like Jeepers was a thing back then. Jeepers. But yeah, no, I think I might have had like a petting zoo birthday party. I remember going to Bennigan's for one of my birthdays and thinking that it was lame. But I was excited because the food was great because I was greedy back then, too. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Where do kids have birthday parties? Maybe we should ask the listeners, like, where do people have kid birthday parties these days? And not don't say some like extravagant mansion somewhere. We're talking reasonable for a three year old. Well, Harrison's is going to be at the house. Okay, that's Mm going to be reasonable for him. And sitting here listening to you talk about all the themes. I was telling my husband when we got married, I said, I never had a party growing up. I just did not have a party. And I mean, you got to remember my birthday was Christmas. My sister's birthday was June 12th. But my mom was a single mom. She worked two jobs. And we just didn't have those types of celebrations. I mean, we had cake and ice cream and she may take us to like the park or take us bowling. But we never had anything like planned at the house or anywhere. Like, I just don't think we could afford that. Like, we didn't grow up like that. And it wasn't until literally... My husband didn't believe me when we were dating when he came home for for Christmas and um, nobody mentioned my birthday. And it was like, happy birthday, Jesus. And my mom was like, it's Nicole's birthday too. Oh, and Nicole. And at that point he was like, we're going to celebrate your birthday for a week. And so after that, we like went to a Pelicans game and he took me out to dinner for a day. Like we literally did something legit for five days straight because he was like, I cannot believe your family does not celebrate you. But we don't. I mean, they didn't. So then after that, I had my first like party, I guess, gathering when I turned 35. We rented out, um, we rent out a restaurant. We, you know, had everybody had their like little flight of wines. I, of course, I dropped some dough on that because I didn't want people to have to pay. But that was the first time I threw my own little party. And I haven't had a party since then. I haven't had a party. And so that's why with the birthday trip, this is my next like, okay, I'm going to start celebrating myself. My next hurrah of a, you know, 
40, doing it right. I mean, I don't blame you. I don't know that I could have survived life. Maybe this is the Leo in me, but I don't know that I could have survived life without celebrating the fact that I'm here. Like, I don't know that that would have gone over well with me. I think I probably would have thrown my own party because that's the kind of person that I am. Maybe I'm a little narcissistic, but like, I feel like it's a thing. Like you survived coming through the birth canal and you are here and you survived life. And as a black woman, I feel like that's a celebration every single day. But like when I've made an, a full trip around the sun, I feel like it is, it should be a celebration. You know what two days I celebrate your birthday and my birthday. It's true. Like I literally, those are things for me. You can ask Ken, like Ken is not really like James. I, wish she were more like James in that respect. But Ken is more like, yeah, I'm not really big on celebration. And I'm like, it's a national holiday. I was born today. Like, please, let's pipe down. It's a celebration. Like, I don't ask you to do a whole bunch. I just want you to make great acknowledgement of it. Like, I can throw my own party. I just need you to show up and have a good time. That's how I feel. Well, that was the only time that James um, actually did a celebration. So I won't say that he celebrates my birthday every year. He does buy a gift every year. And, you know, I feel like I'm I'm making my family sound bad because I, that's not my intention. No, not at all. Because my mom, I mean, she did definitely go out of the way to buy us gifts. Like she made sure we had a cake and she made sure that we knew that we were loved. But I just really don't think that she could afford to do that. And growing up, we knew, like I was very much aware of like bills and due dates and what was behind and what wasn't. And, you know, I was aware of that, like, you know, and I think that people that are from lower socioeconomic status, like you realize, Hey, it's good that we have food, you know, like it's good that we are making it. It's good that we, you know, have things. And my mama really did try her best and really made sure we had, like I said, she worked multiple jobs to make sure we were, provided for and that we looked, you know, a certain way and that we were groomed and, you know, had our little kid tennis shoes with the little ruffle socks. I mean, she really did make sure that, you know, on the outside, it was kept together, but like other like things like frivolous things, like a whole bunch of toys or a whole bunch of, you know, parties and stuff like that. We, we definitely did not have, and it didn't bother us. Like it didn't bother us growing up. We were like, okay, we got cake, we got ice cream, we get a gift today. Okay, moving on. The next day is going to come <laughs> and we're going to have to get out of bed. We're going to have to make our bed up. We're going to have to go to school. We're going to have to do our chores like we would have had to do any other day. So just is what it is. Yeah, I feel like that builds character too, you know? I feel like that's the kind of thing that it makes you grateful and appreciative for the things that you have now because you know what it's like to not have and it's not, again, no fault to your family or your mother. Like, she was doing what she had to do. And look, she raised a doctor. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, she literally raised a double board certified doctor and a fitness expert and a school counselor, right? What does your sister do? Let me rephrase that. Yeah, she's a guidance counselor. I mean, yeah, my mama did. Yeah, great. so a fitness expert and a guidance counselor. So, like... She did her thing. Let's be very clear. She did her thing. But I am saying that I'm here for the, the celebration. Look, I'm, that's just a thing for me. Like I need to. And again, we can talk about love languages on another episode, but that's my thing. Like give me gifts. It doesn't have to be big. Give me gifts and celebrate the fact that I'm still here and that we can still enjoy one another's presence. That's what I'm here for. Like celebrate Listen. life. I'm here for that too now. And if the funny thing is my mom is here for that too. So she's like, cause she turns 60, of course, December 31st when I'm turning 40 on Christmas. So she's like, what are we doing for our birthday? I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> what you talking about? Huh? Yeah. Now she's like, and the things that she does, even for Harrison, I'll tell her like, why are you just blowing through money? Like, why, why does he have to have so much stuff? You didn't do that for us. And she was like, because I, I couldn't afford to. And, and it made me feel so bad for even oh. questioning her. I know. She was like, because I couldn't afford to then. I did the best that I could. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry for even asking. But, but oh, we're my goodness. Place. I'm so like, 
like I feel like I want to cry a tear, but I, I'm glad that she's look, this is this is the benefit you you sh- push through and you struggle and you make do and you raise a doctor and now you don't have to worry about anything. And that's that is what life is all about. That is what it's all about. Girl, she legit thinks that too. She like, uh, I want to do da da da. What? <laughs> Amen. Because <laughs> I would feel the same way if, I, if you were my child. All right, Janine. So, what's on your timeline this week? Okay, Nicole. So I know that we've talked about like personal safety in a prior episode, and I know that we kind of like you know talk about the the I guess trials and tribulations of being a black woman, right? But our safety is, it's so multifaceted. This one is just, this story, Nicole, it's just a little different and it just hits a little bit different. So here we go. Imagine, I need you to go here with me, okay? So it's going to sound really far-fetched, but it's actually a true story. So imagine that you go on vacation and you have a great time. So let's say it's your birthday party, right? Like you're going on vacay, you have a great time. You come home. And when you return home, you find the front door has a little bit of damage on it, but you're like, "Mm, this is weird. So while you're a bit hesitant, so you enter your apartment and you find that all of your possessions have been removed from your place, like cleaned out. So nearly $50,000 worth of your belongings are now gone. You're walking through what appears to be an empty apartment. And then you continue to look and investigate what's going on. And you realize that even the cabinets in your kitchen are missing the doors. So now, I guess, probably in your mind, you're probably thinking, they've cleared my apartment. Maybe they're clearing it for someone else to come in. They've removed the doors from the apartment. Like, nothing is there. So you continue on through the apartment, and you kind of think, like, okay, this is strange. There must be some sort of weird misunderstanding going on. And you walk through as you investigate, and you're... You have your phone in your hand to either call maintenance, the police, the apartment complex, whatever. And as you walk in with phone in hand to report this, thinking maybe you've been burglarized, maybe there's been some sort of misunderstanding, you go into your bedroom and you see that your bed is still there. And then as you look further, you realize that there are two people sleeping or resting, relaxing in your bed. There are now squatters, like real life squatters that have just welcomed themselves into your home as you attempt to like leave and call the police at this point because you know that obviously you've been burglarized. The man tackles you. So there's a man and a woman in your home, right? And the man, he tackles you. So now you're like, oh my goodness, this is way more than I expected coming back from vacation, right? So he tackles you. Now, he doesn't harm you. He tackles you and says, you're not going to call the police. And you're like, "Uh, yes, I am. And he tells you, no, I'm going to give you your apartment back. Kind of like a Kanye move. Like, I'm about to let you have what you your moment in a second, Taylor. But right now, I just need to say this. So he's like, I'm going to give you your apartment back. But you're not about to call the police. So... He then goes on to tell you how much he loves your bed. And that's why that's the only thing that's left in your home because he loved your bed and how comfortable it was. So he decided to keep it in your house, right? And he talks about how he got in. So after he's kind of calmed himself down because he's realizing now that you're going to agree with what he's saying and acquiesce and say, okay, I'm not going to call the police. After he calms down, you kind of ask him, like, where are your things? And he doesn't really respond about where your belongings are. But then he calls you by name. So you know that he's either gone through your things or somehow has been stalking you in some way to find out what your comings and goings. And then he says, you're supposed to be out of town as if you are somehow interrupting his shindig at your house. Then he attempts to play a little mind game with you and says, oh, it's because you didn't pay your rent. And you're like, what you mean? I absolutely paid my rent. But at this point, you're probably second guessing yourself like, okay, that's probably why my things are gone. This is probably why somebody is in my house. Like the damage on the door, uh, it could have been anything. They probably, you know, damaged it, moving my things out. 
you're second guessing yourself a little bit confused, but you're like, okay, let me, let me think this through for a hot second while I'm staring at these two people sleeping in my bed and my belongings are nowhere to be found. But let's just say, no, I know I paid my rent. Like I, I, I'm not playing this game with you. I paid my rent. He now calms down. Now that you've noticed that he's calm, you, that phone that's in your hand that you were going to call the police with, you start recording him. Not sure if he really knows that you're recording him, but you're recording him. You record his face. You record the young lady that he's with. You record the fact that they're getting out of your bed. They're going through your home. They're packing their things that they've brought, like toiletries and towels and such. And you're recording it step by step. And he tells you, well, first he tells the lady he's with, like, appears to be his girlfriend. He's like, hey, come on. Did you gather the things? And and you're like, yeah, make sure you get all your things out of my place, right? Like, Gather up all your stuff and get out. So he then tells you, he says, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you that there are three ways for me to get into your apartment. Not the, not the one way that I got into your apartment, but there are three ways to get into your apartment. So as he's packing his things, they've packed everything up and they put everything in some reusable grocery bags. You know, they didn't bring any luggage, just, you know, just overnight bag, but it's a reusable grocery bag. And then they start packing the things go into the bathroom, get their things out of there. And then he starts walking around showing you the window where people can get in through the window and the sliding glass door where people can get in through the sliding glass door and your front door where people can get in through your front door. And he's schooling you on how unsafe your ground floor apartment is. So he walks you through step by step on how someone could get in, how he got in, how the world can get in to your, what you originally thought was a safe apartment until this experience, right? So he tells you, these are all the ways that people can get in without a key and tells you, you know what? Take this as a learning experience. As if he is like doing you some sort of service by showing you how people can get into your apartment. So mind you, he's steadily packing and steadily explaining all while you're still recording and he tells you, as you think that this craziness is over, oh, don't worry, I plan on doing this again. Wait, what? So it feels kind of like you're in the middle of a show, maybe a bad dream, a nightmare, like you're like, I don't even know why this is happening. It feels like you are brother man from the fifth floor and you are literally on the set of Martin. Like, how did this random Negro get into my apartment, right? That's what I would have thought. Well, like you are waking up from a bad dream, walking these people out of your home. But no, it's real. These people really actually did this. And I told you this was a true story because it is. This happened five minutes outside of our nation's capital in a small town called Greenbelt, Maryland. A small town that, fun fact, Janine, when she was a little tot, used to live in. I say this because nobody is safe. We can't be too careful. But this young lady, she shared this story with Fox 5 and a couple of other news outlets, but Fox 5 is where I initially saw it. So we'll give them the credit. And this just happened a week ago. And the young lady said, since the day that she came home from vacation, she's been having nightmares. I mean, rightfully so when you come home and there's somebody sitting in your apartment, right? Well, not just one person, but two. And she said that she feels unsafe. And while she hasn't located her belongings as of yet, her apartment complex finally did allow her to break her lease without charge. So now, Nicole, you know how I am. I'm, I'm, Fast and furious with the tongue and the fingers. So I probably would have unfortunately harmed somebody at this point. But what would you have done if you came home from vacation and someone was full out living in your home? Well, let me start by saying that story. And I've seen the video. It's like unreal because it's like a friend that's walking her through like, hey, let me show you how people can get in your home. I mean, he was just so calm and she was so calm, almost like, are they for real? And you got the girl that's getting out of a bed, 
and the room is completely empty besides the bed and the comforter. And it's almost like, hey, these people have moved in and they just haven't set up their house. But you have somebody coming in and they're walking through like, hey, these these are the things that are unsafe. So it doesn't even look like a home break-in. It doesn't look like you have people squatting in your house while you're gone. But that's actually what happened. You had people squatting while you were gone. So what I would have done, if I see my door, front door ajar, I'm not going in. Like I would not have gone in. And if I see damage to my front door, it looks like somebody's broken in my front door. Whether the door is closed or not, if it looks like it's been damaged, I'm calling the police immediately. I'm not going in there, especially if I was by myself. Now, I don't know. I think she was with someone, wasn't she? See, that's dangerous. So I would not have gone in there by myself. Um, I would have called the police and waited for them to come in and inspect what was going on. I don't kind of, I don't play that kind of game. I would not have gone in. If I went in and I saw them, I would have lost it. So I don't know if I would have been able to stay that calm. I would have lost it and I probably would have been calling 911. Like there's nothing they could have done to calm me down. Now, I think that her being calm probably was helpful because who knows? Those people could have tried to hurt her. It means two of them, one including a man, a big man, against this one woman. So I'm glad that she did stay calm so that they would not feel threatened or feel as if they had to harm her to keep her quiet. But who knows? I mean, when you have somebody in another room, you don't know what they're about to do to you. So I just feel like the whole situation was dangerous. And I feel like she should have never went in that house if she saw that the front door was damaged. And even if she didn't see, if she walked in that door and all her stuff is gone, you like Will Smith when the house was empty. Uh-huh. Let me back out of here real quiet and get myself on down the hall because I'm away for them in the car. I'm calling the police and waiting for them in the car because my stuff is not here. And even if she didn't pay the rent, usually you got a 30-day eviction notice. It's not like you're going to go somewhere for a week or two and come back and they've removed all your stuff from your house. I mean, that sounds crazy. So her even second-guessing herself, like, why would you second-guess yourself? You knew those people didn't remove that stuff from your house. They would have at least called you to try to collect you would have gotten some type of phone call or some type of contact when they didn't get the 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 check. If the check didn't clear, they had been calling you saying the check didn't clear. So you knew that you didn't have an issue with late payment. You know that. You're going on vacation. You're not going on vacation before your bills are paid. Hopefully you're not. So you knew when you walked in the door, but you walked in your door, which looked damaged, through your empty living room, which wasn't like that when you left, down the hall to find people in your house as a woman that's single. Y'all, that's just not smart. It's just not smart. Yes, I will agree with it not being smart, but I will confess. I had an incident like that. And thankfully, it was not someone breaking into my home, but I walked up to my apartment and my front door was wide open. And I was like, um, go in, don't go in. What should I do? And again, I'm young in my twenties, not thinking, I feel like I'm invincible. So I walk in the house by myself, living by myself on a ground floor apartment, kind of like this. And thankfully there were people in my house. So I was shocked when I walked in, but thankfully it was maintenance because a water heater above my apartment had broken and had flooded my apartment. So Unbeknownst to me, there's random men that I don't know because it's some random like water cleanup crew. They don't work for the building. They're like a third party contractor. And I'm like, um, what are you all doing here? And they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, um, I live here. And they were like, oh, they are trying to contact you. Like, I'm like, well, what are they calling? Like on a satellite phone? Like what's happening? Like, how come they haven't contacted me? But it's it's real. Like when you're in the moment, you don't really think this isn't safe. I shouldn't walk in. You think, hmm, that's weird. My door is open. Wonder what's going on in here. And I know that's how you walk into a crime scene. I'm very well aware. But in the moment while you're, while it's happening, you're kind of like, this seems strange, but let me proceed so I can figure out what's going on. In her case, you know, in my case, it was some water, right? In her case, it's two grown adults that clearly don't have a problem being criminals. So 
thank God she's okay and alive to tell the story with no harm. But like, we really got to think about these things. There is no like earthly possession that is worth you losing your life over, including a bed and $50,000 worth of things in your home. It's just not worth it. That's why we have insurance. And yes, there are some things that you want your memories that you can't really replace. I understand that. But as we were just talking about before this, life is something to celebrate. As a black woman, as a woman, as a person, as a human being, you every day that you are above ground, like the old folks used to say, it's a reason to celebrate. So I'm glad that she was able to let the stuff go. And I hope that the insurance reimburses her for her belongings. And I hope that these two are not out here doing this again, as they said, which they probably are. But I'm just saying, and look, I'm not a huge, like, proponent of guns, but I will say this. I feel like even if it's not a gun, if it's a knife, it's something that's less lethal. I feel like if you live alone as a single woman, or even if you live with another, you know, a a man, your husband, whatever, or somebody else, I think that it makes sense for you to have a gun, a knife, something where if you are caught off guard and someone either breaks into your home or you come home and someone is in your home, that you can think quickly and jab them real quick and or pop a quick cap into their legs. So as to not necessarily kill them, but make it so that they cannot harm you. I'm not sure that I wouldn't have popped a cap into these people because I don't know. I come home to a cleaned out house and y'all sleeping in my bed. I feel like that's deserved. That's just me. Listen, I definitely if James, as sweet as he is, because remember I just told you he would give you his last. My my husband has a license to carry and carries. So those people would have definitely been shot. It was it would have even been a question. They they were intruders. Once he identified them as intruders, he probably would have shot them. There we go. And um the the audacity of those people to take everything and then come back and have a sleep in my bed. Just, just add insult to injury. It was just, how dare you? And why did you not take the bed? I don't even want that bed anymore. You've been sleeping in my bed doing whatever you want to do. Entanglements in my bed. Ugh, nasty. You can have the bed. Have the whole bed. And then the the leasing agent or the agency not letting her out of her lease. They finally let her off the... No, you are... You, you better believe I may sue you because you did not keep me safe. There's not a reason that this first floor apartment should be so unsecure that somebody can just walk in here and nobody even know it. Do you guys not have cameras? Like what, what, why do I not feel safe in your apartment complex? So yeah, they had no choice, but to let her out of her lease saying, Oh, well she was let out of her lease without having to pay any penalty. No, they, she's lucky that they didn't, she didn't get, she did not sue them because they didn't keep her safe. I'm I'm just saying. I agree. They're lucky that they didn't have to pay any penalties. That's the, that's the luck of the draw. Not, not her not paying penalties. Let me tell you. I'm wondering, is it a gated uh, apartment complex? No, it's like garden style apartments. So it kind of, it kind of makes sense as to why it might not have been as safe. But again, it really makes you second guess. First floor apartments, it really does. Let me tell you, I lived in one for years and am grateful now hearing this story. I'm very grateful that, you know, nothing happened, but it's, it's a real thing. That's honestly one of the reasons why I got my, my first dog as an adult, because I wanted something that, and granted she was small, but she bit, let me, let me be very clear. She, I wanted something that if someone were to come into my home, that, I would at least be notified in enough time that I could escape out of another window, right? So, you know, fire, burglar, whatever it may be, as what the old old people used to say, if fire broke out or burglars broke in, that's what I wanted to be notified of. So I don't know. I just think that we have to be hyper vigilant. And the, the more security measures that we put in place, I feel like the smarter the criminals get. But this is a, a new one for me. It really is. 
So Janine, are you ready to help our listeners be safer during our Let's Talk Through It segment? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Our first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, I always tell my 17-year-old daughter to watch her surroundings, but you know teenagers, they think that they're invincible. A couple of weeks ago, she got into an argument at the mall with another girl who liked my daughter's boyfriend. After the argument, my daughter got into her car and drove home. Unknowingly, these girls followed her home. Once she pulled into the garage, the girls must have gotten out of their cars and walked into the garage behind her. Next thing I know, I heard my daughter scream. I went into the garage and saw the two girls running towards their parked car. We called the police, but the girls lied and said it wasn't them. So it's our word against theirs. My daughter has seen these girls at school and they verbally threatened to break into our home and beat her up. With them being bold enough to follow her home, I believe they'll actually try to break into our house. I'm not really sure what to do. My husband and I both work, so she spends a lot of time alone at home. Any tips on ways to keep my daughter safe is greatly appreciated. Sincerely, Ada. Okay, Ada. This, I don't know where you live, and I don't know the laws in the place that you live, but I have a sneaking suspicion that you all have something called a temporary restraining order, right? And it's there's a, a very minimal threshold that you have to meet to get a temporary restraining order. So my suggestion would be the first thing that you do is go take out a temporary restraining order for those girls that covers your home. Now, I know that you said that your daughter goes to school with these girls, but they can they can be forced to stay within, you know, at least 500 feet or a thousand feet away from her, because the one thing that I do know is that, yeah, they're probably not really going to follow through with it. I would hope. Right. We would hope that these girls aren't monsters. But just in case, just in case one of them is going to snap, put the proper paperwork in place. Even before you take any other steps, I would suggest putting the proper paperwork in place just in case their mind just goes a little off one day, right? So that's the first step. The second step that I would take is get your daughter some mace, some pepper spray, some something that she can defend herself with. Now, I know she's probably not going to be able to carry this into school, but she can defend herself in your home, right? I'm not saying to give your daughter a weapon, but maybe even a taser. So if they want to come into this house, they can get whatever's on the other side of this door, right? Not suggesting violence because your daughter is young, but I am saying protect your daughter. Now, these are someone else's kids, so you don't want to kill them, but you do want to stun them enough that they will not continue this line of behavior. Now. After I've said all of that, the other thing that I think that you should do is get some sort of home monitoring device, a ring, a Simply Safe, a ADT, a something, something that has some sort of cameras so that when these girls approach, even if they're lurking around your neighborhood, you can catch it on camera so that the next time that something like this happens, the girls can't say, oh, that wasn't us. No, it was you and this picture, this image from my ring doorbell, my ring cameras, my safe, simply safe, whatever it is, is all the way around my house. And this image, now that I have enlarged it, it is you. It is you and you cannot deny that it is you. I would do those things. Now, if all of that doesn't work, now look, I know that the right thing to do is you're an adult and you should probably talk to these kids' parents. But you said your daughter was 17. And at that point, I'm not talking to anybody's 17-year-old's parents. You want to act big and bad like you're grown, you get the consequences like you're grown. And I would tell my daughter the same thing. You, Whoever steps foot through this door, now they can follow you home all they want. They Out in the driveway, they can do whatever they want. They can beat the cars. They can vandalize the house. They can do whatever they want outside. But the moment that they that they darken this doorway... Whatever happens to them on the other side is on them. That's how I feel. Now, if you pepper spray their eyes and their eyes are burning, by all means. If you take a bat to their head, by all means. And I, again, not condoning violence, but you chase my child home, you get what you get when you darken my doorway. What do you think, Nicole? I agree. I mean, my thing is, if you um, 
step foot on my property, not even in my home, if you step foot on my property, then there are going to be some consequences. So I would one, make sure that my cameras were rolling. Like if you don't have some security to document what's coming to your front door or through your garage or to alert you that windows are open, then you need to get some, right? I mean, alarm systems are not that expensive. You should be you should be able to have central monitoring going on in your home at all times. So that way, if somebody does ring your doorbell, even if you're not there, you can see them. If somebody approaches your doorbell, you can see them. If somebody tries to open a door, open your garage, you can see them. So I would definitely say you need some type of central monitoring system so that you can know what's going on in your home when you're not there, okay? Even if you are there, you still want to know. Like, I mean, there are people that can approach the door. Like, I know when the UPS guy approaches my door because I get an alert on my phone and I, you sure right, they don't know if I'm home or not, but I'm looking at my phone to see who is that approaching the door. Additionally, my I have a little dog. So this may be a situation where you may need a pet, okay? Somebody that can, you know, yip, 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 you know, we talk about these little yippy dogs and how annoying they are. But one thing's for sure, if anybody's even close to your door or anybody even close to opening or outside of a window, anything that's heard, the dog is going to alert you. So it may be a good option to get a dog. But I would start with the security system first. You need that regardless. Um, I definitely think it's a good idea to make sure that your daughter has some type of pepper spray or mace because if somebody does enter your home, one is recorded. So now you can report that to the authorities and you do have a restraining order. Now they violated that restraining order. So now they've trespassed. And if they try to attack your daughter, now they have also caused your, your daughter some bodily harm. So I definitely would make sure you have the alarm system in place um, as well as the restraining order in place, as well as making sure your daughter has some type of mace. And I know that she is not old enough to carry, so I won't say that you need to make sure she's armed. But, you know, when she is old enough to carry, it may not be a bad idea to make sure she knows how to use a weapon to protect herself. And I'm not saying we should always resort to violence, but when you have multiple girls trying to jump on you, I mean, these girls can cause some harm, even if they're like, oh, I'm just going to rough her up a little bit. They can unknowingly, you know, cause head trauma and things like that and, and, and kill your daughter. So you want to make sure that she knows how to defend herself. So when she does become of age, you know, y'all, I'm not a proponent of guns. I don't like guns. But I'm also not a proponent of somebody getting getting beat up or jumped. That's an innocent uh, bystander or not even bystander. Like you're mad and this person's jealous because of your uh, daughter's boyfriend. Like what? So I would definitely make sure that she can defend herself. She needs to have mace on her at all times. She needs to have a cell phone on her at all times. And she needs to be taught that she needs to be careful because the garage door, it goes down slow, you know. It goes down slowly. So if she's getting out of her car and that garage door is going down, somebody could easily get into the garage and attack her unknowingly. So I would definitely make sure that she knows how to defend herself. And then let me say this, okay? These are 17-year-old boys we running behind. You know, what's really going on, right? Why is this girl so mad about this 17-year-old boy? So I wouldn't be necessarily sitting down with the parents of this girl after I got a restraining order. Now, if you didn't get a restraining order, I would have a conversation with the with the girl's mom and say, hey, listen, I'm letting you know your daughters come over here again and they're going to have to answer to me. And if they come over here trespassing, they're going to get what they got coming to them. So be warned that you need to tell your daughters to back up. But I would also sit down with the boy and the boy's parents to figure out what's going on here. You know, are you, uh, you and this boy, y'all are only well, in high school. You can't be that serious about it. So what's going on? And are you fooling around with this little girl or telling this little girl something about my daughter and having these girls come after my daughter? So I would have him get this girl in check. Okay. Control your hoes is what I would say. You know, because if you are doing something with these other girls that's making these girls jealous and you just happen to be messing with some ratchet chicks and my daughter is not a ratchet chick, she's looking like, what are you talking about? I don't even know why you're following me. But there's something there that this other little girl and her little friend are coming after my daughter. I got a problem and I want to make sure that this boy understands 
that I got a problem with you too, because you're the person that's keeping up whatever mess is going on here because they should not be fighting over you. And then after that, I would have a come Jesus with my daughter and say, listen, is this boy really even worth it? Why are we running after this little boy? Why are you getting into arguments over this little boy? Ladies, we got to stop arguing over these men. You know, I'm not saying don't stand your ground, but it doesn't matter if you got, because I see people all the time. Girl, I see people even in clinic come and start drama, arguing over baby daddies. You know, people in the hospital, you got one person delivering down the hall. You got him going from one room, walking down the hall to visit the other baby mama who's also in the hospital pregnant. That kind of stuff happens. And we need to really value ourselves enough to say, I'm not going to argue over this Negro. Like if you can't check her and let her know that you're not with her, then I don't need you. But again, these are 17 year old kids. Okay. So I would tell my daughter, okay, are you sure that he's telling you the truth? Okay. Let's go over there and talk to him to figure out what's going on. And at the end of the day, maybe you should be leaving this boy alone because he's causing you more trouble than he's worth. Okay. But uh, that is what I would say. But in the interim, before you put all the pieces together, make sure your house is armed. Make sure your house is, meaning alarm armed, and make sure your daughter has mace to protect herself. And make sure that around her, she is aware of her surroundings. So she can't have people, you know, coming up in the garage and things like that. Okay. That's that's my two cents about that. I agree 100%. I think that... There are two things that you need to inform your daughter of, that the boy is not worth it and any of her personal possessions are not worth it. The goal here is to make sure that your daughter stays alive and safe. And we have seen time and time again, and I hate to bring it up, but we've seen time and time again where situations like this go very poorly and someone ends up losing life or limb. That's not what we want to have happen to your daughter. We don't want you to write into us and say that that this is what's going to happen have a come to Jesus with your daughter. And like Nicole said, is this little boy really worth it? Cause it's going to be 15 other little boys. that's going to be sniffing behind you in five minutes. He's going to be a blip on your radar. Oh, remember when I, that's, that's how we talk about them now. Right now. Now we sound a little bit old, but like we talk about the, Oh, remember when I, Oh, remember that? That's what he's going to be. Tell your daughter, focus her priorities. Let these little girls fight over this little boy with somebody else. Not, not your daughter. You know what's funny? You even saying that there was a guy that, and people from Deritter, if you listen to this, you know probably who I'm talking about because I didn't have that many boyfriends in high school because I would date people for like a year or two, right? Because I was a long time dater. So there was a boy, you know, I loved his dirty draws, right? And he's supposed to love my dirty draws too. And oh, we were so in love and we were going to get married and all these things, right? And his uh, mom passed away. When I was in college, some years later, and I went back for the funeral and I saw him and I saw a girl that I used to argue with about him, like this girl wanted him. And it, and he was definitely not messed up about this girl. Like he dumped her for me. I didn't know that at the time, but he did. And I was thinking to myself, did you used to date him? And, 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 and this is only like six or seven years that have passed, right? Because this is somebody I dated the beginning of high school And I'm at that time, I think I was in medical school at that time, even. And I was sitting there thinking, did I really date this person? I was messed up about this person. And now, especially now that I'm older, I'm like, ooh, dodge the bullet. Like, what was I thinking about? But, you know, when you are young, nobody can tell you that you're not going to be with this person the rest of your life. And then you look back and you like, oh my God, I almost married Tito. You know, like almost like what kind of stuff? What was I thinking about? Anyway. Amen. I feel like that's a whole nother episode. I almost married. Wait, I was messed up about him. That's that's going to be an episode because you and I have this conversation a lot. And I think that other people probably are having that same conversation, but the bullets that we dodged from the bad decisions we made because we were kids. Let's put a pin in that because we have to have another episode about that. But we will talk about that. I'm going to go to the letter before we have a two-hour-long episode. Okay, so my letter says, somebody else's kid, these kids, um, it says, Nicole and Janine, 
I don't know how I can get through to my son. My son is 28 years old and just can't seem to fly right. He was living with me for a bit after college, but he didn't want to find a job and kept losing my house key. So I felt it was time to let him go live on his own. Against his father's wishes, I put him out. His father allowed him to live with him for a while until he realized what the real deal was and he had the exact same issues I was having and evicted him too. Now, my son seems to be house hopping. At first, I thought that he was staying with friends until I realized that he was squatting in homes that were for sale. How did I find this out? Let me tell you. When he was arrested for trespassing, my ex-husband bailed him out only for him to return to his same antics. I'm not sure if he has some realtor connect or what, but he says, I got it cleared this time. It's fine. I'm not sure what he's doing or why my son chooses to live in this ghetto manner, but he's super smart and it frustrates me every time I think about it. He could do so much better. This is not how his father and I raised him. How can I get through to my son, get him to stop this nonsense and help him to get back on track? Sign Laverne. So, Laverne, I know that it's probably really embarrassing for your son to be arrested for squatting. And especially when he seems like he comes from a very supportive family structure. I mean, he's lived with you. He'd gone through college. He came back after college, as a lot of people do. And then you kicked him out because he couldn't be responsible enough. And... Then he went to your, I must be like ex-husband or it, it sounds like you're not with the father of, of the, of your son. So he went to live with her, with his dad and did the same, same thing. And all I can say is he is 28. He is a grown man and you cannot control a grown man. And so what I would do if I were you is I would sit down with him and say, listen, Let's talk about getting a job. Why have you not gotten a job so that you can support yourself? What is really going on? And if he has some type of excuses as to why he doesn't have a job, then I will let him make those excuses. And I would tell him, hey, once I find out where you are again, I'm going to report you. So you need to get something stable. And I, was, I, I hate to threaten your child, but sometimes you have to threaten them. And he should not be squatting and trespassing because guess what? That can get him killed. If he's coming and squatting in somebody's house, even if it's a vacant home, if somebody's coming to check on their house once a month, they can literally shoot him for trespassing and walk clean Scott away. So it's, it's a dangerous thing that he's doing in trespassing constantly and squatting in people's homes. But you really can't control him like you want to control him. I mean, because I, I'm not going to tell you to let him back into your home because he's putting you in danger by losing your house key. Somebody could find that house key, break into the home. He could let people into your home unknowingly. And that can put you in danger. And so you don't want to put yourself in danger. And he's a grown man. At the end of the day, he is an able-bodied, college-educated man that should be able to take care of himself and get a job. He just don't want to get a job. He wants to lay around your house and lay around on you so that you can take care of him. He wanted to go over to your ex-husband's house, lay around over there, didn't want to pay no bills, didn't want to be responsible. And then he's leaving you squatting in people's houses trying to do the same thing. It's easier for him to get a job and get his own place. So I would communicate that to him. But at the end of the day, you can't do anything else. You have to let him be him and he's going to have to suffer whatever consequences come at him. So I agree with you, Nicole, but I had a question, right? When I read the letter, I was like, hmm, the first thing that came to my mind is, does your son have a drug problem? But I would think that she would notice a drug problem, right? Because really? she said that he is in the house. He's losing the house key, which makes me think he's careless. But she didn't mention anything about any weird behavior. He's not selling off furniture. He's not coming in late drunk. He's not looking high. 
He's not acting. I mean, so it doesn't sound like, and he could, right? It, it, this could be a thing. He's hanging out into in drug houses and trespassing. But it, it that did not go off in my head because she is not describing the characteristics of somebody that's a druggie. She's describing the characteristics of somebody that's lazy and doesn't want to work. So could he be on drugs? Well, yeah, but you can tell usually if something's off with your child. And it doesn't seem like this is something that's like a one-off. Like he's a college, and he was focused enough to get all the way through college. Right. You, you know, he got all the way through college and came back home. And it's not like his behavior started to become suspicious. I mean, she didn't describe any of that, but maybe, maybe she is leaving out some details that we don't know. And maybe he is in drug houses and not just squatting. Okay. But for him to say he got it clear, like, what does that even mean? And if he's arrested for squatting, he wasn't arrested on drug charges or possession of drugs, or they didn't do a drug raid or drug bust. That's not what she said. So is he squatting or is he on drugs? Which one is it? I would assume that something happened and I don't know that it's drugs. I just, that's a question that I asked because how do you go from being a college educated 28 year old that's moving back home to being someone that's so irresponsible that you can't keep track of a house key, right? That doesn't, something's not adding up to me, right? Something is not also is not adding up to me. Why do you continue with college if you want to be a bum essentially like literally he's not attempting to get a job it's not that he's looking for a job she didn't say he's looking for a job and he's just not getting one because that's a whole different conversation it just sounds like he's just he kind of gave up like maybe he's not on drugs maybe he has a mental illness maybe you know that is around the age that mental illnesses start you know becoming more apparent maybe there's something else wrong with your son that's that's all I'm saying. Like, it might not be drugs. It might be drugs. It might be alcoholism. We don't know. Maybe there are things that she's not seeing because she's not spending that much time with him. And she's just kind of seeing him in passing. And maybe by the time she sees him, he's sobered up or whatever it may be. But what I'm saying is, I think that something flipped, right? Whether it's like a life event or if it's maybe his mental health is declining, maybe he's just in a state of depression. I don't know what it is, but this doesn't seem like the same child that you all raised, one. And two, the same child that you sent off to college. Now he comes back and he seems like something happened. So I would do a little bit more investigating to try to figure out what's going on with your son. Because again, college educated men, in my opinion, they get arrested for things like civil protest, right? They get arrested for white collar crime, not for squatting in a, in a house. Right. And then here's the other thing. Let's say there's nothing wrong with your son. Laverne, why don't you suggest that maybe your son become like a leasing agent or a realtor himself? Since he likes to be sitting in other people's property, he might as well make a living off of it. And then he can buy his own property to sit in because I don't know what the end game seems to be for your son. It does not seem like he has one or has thought of one based on what you've written us. But it seems like at this point, he should have put himself together. You didn't mention any friends. You said you don't know if he has a realtor friend or something. That was the only mention of friend. But like at 28, the 28-year-old boys that I know now and the 28-year-old boys that I knew when I was 28, the only things that they were thinking about was how to get money and how to get women. That is it. They weren't thinking about anything else. So the fact that your son is college educated and 28 year old black man, I'm assuming because, you know, we assume that you're black because you're listening to this podcast, but you might not be. But a 28 year old boy, man, I should say because he is a man, a 28 year old man, they think about two things, money and sex. That's it. That's how they sustain life. Every now and then you'll get one that thinks about video games too, you know, in between the money and the sex. But that's it. They're not thinking about how to squat in somebody's house. And that sounds like a lot. It sounds like something's going on that might be much bigger than him being irresponsible and misplacing your keys and not wanting to keep a job. I would just investigate. That's all I'm saying. Now, I would agree. Maybe there is some mental stuff going on. Maybe it's in a state of depression. But you know what? Sometimes there's nothing. Like we, we especially as black women, try to make excuses for people, right? Like there has to be some excuse. 
Maybe he's on drugs. Maybe he is, he has a mental health issue. Like there has to be something, but realistically, sometimes there is nothing. And there are some people that legit do not want to work. They don't mind going to school and socializing, but they don't want to work. There are people out there that don't want to work. There are people out there that have degrees that don't want to use them. (laughs) There are people that want to marry a sugar mama and be taken care of. Those people exist. And so unless she says that there's something that's changed in him, or I noticed because, yeah, she's not spending that much time with him now. But she was in the same house with him for a couple years. So she would have known that something ain't right. You know, are you walking around scratching and surviving? Are you telling a whole bunch of lies all the time? Are you hanging with other crackheads? What are you doing? She would know that. Do you smell like alcohol? You got track marks on you? What's going on? She would know that. And she would have said, Something ain't right. I think he on drugs. I think he's squatting because he on drugs. He don't want to work because all he's doing is thinking about how to get them drugs. She would have said that. Okay. I think that this man just don't want to work. And maybe he does have some underlying depression there. Okay. Maybe there is that mental health issue. But at the same time, you can push somebody to get help. But at the end of the day, you can't make somebody get help. Okay. You give them resources. You can support them through that. But at the end of the day, this is a grown man that has resources. He can say, mom and dad, I'm ready to get my life together. Can you help me? Or he can say, I'm feeling down. He's not saying any of those things. And she's not mentioning, hey, I feel like he's not feeling down. He's motivated enough to find houses to squat in. I got this one approved this time. So that doesn't, to me, sound like somebody that has severe depression that's squatting. I mean, I can see people that are homeless on the street, you know, don't have the energy to do much. But you have the energy to scope out houses and get in them and squat in them. Something right there. And to me, that in itself is a mental health issue that needs to be worked on. But at the same time, when you have adults, you can't force adults to go get treated and get counseling. As a mother, you can gently push. You can gently push and encourage. But that's all you can do. Unless he's suicidal or homicidal, you're not going to be able to get him committed. He has to be able to say he needs help or he has to agree to the intervention that you're going to give him. Other than that, mama ain't nothing that can be done. That's sad. I feel bad. I'm sorry, Laverne, that we can't really help you with this one. But like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe he'll come around. I don't know. But at the same time, I am very well aware that the only people you can control is yourself. And he's grown and, you know, sans any mental illness or deficit we assume that he knows better and we just gonna hold him accountable as we think you should too. hold him accountable for his actions and if he wants to be a squatter i say keep his behind in jail the next time he gets arrested that part all right janine so what did you learn new this week okay so i learned that there's a difference between squatting and trespassing and the biggest difference between squatting and trespassing is A trespasser breaks in, so they break a window, they bust a lock, they do something of that nature, but a squatter enters or already lives in the residence that they're no longer supposed to live in, or they enter through an unlocked door or an already broken entryway, something of that nature. So essentially, they don't break anything to gain entry, but much to people's disbelief, both Squatting and trespassing can be our arrestable offenses. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? Okay, so I learned a couple things. One, while we were on, I learned that minors that are 12 years old or older can take out restraining orders. 12 is the youngest you can take out restraining order. And then I also learned that Crisis, which is a national charity for single homeless people, did a study that suggested that 39% of homeless people had squatted at some time in their life, and that squatters can legally claim property in some states if they reside for a certain period of time, and in most states that's 10 years uh, by themselves, so they can't bring any other squatters, and they uh, not live in secret. So if they come and go, bring back groceries, act like they live in there, and you don't check on that property for a certain amount of time, guess what? They can file for the court to say, I own this. Crazy! Isn't that crazy? 
It is. And if you really like, you know, maybe we'll delve into this on social media, but if you really like look at the history of squatters rights, it's like, that is not what they meant. They were talking about land, not people's homes. Like y'all know better. Let's not be out here squatting in people's property. Get your own property. Quit it. But girl, they doing it. Just squatting. Somebody pass away. The family don't come and check on the home. They keep on paying the property taxes and everything every year. They think that they got that house. Little Sally, the grandchild, come thinking that's their house that they didn't kept up all them years. They got squatters there, girl. Let me tell you something. As enticing as it sounds to acquire a property for free, I'm not squatting in nobody's home. And don't y'all go doing that neither. Like, mm -mm, no need. Girl, crazy. All right, so you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. So the motivational moment says, don't think because an accident or an incident hasn't happened to you that it won't happen. You shouldn't live life afraid, but you also shouldn't be carefree either. Everyone should know where you're going and what you're doing. Confide in your close circle and check on each other's well-being to make sure each of you are safe. Other than that, don't let people know your every move. Check your surroundings. If you think you're being followed, don't go home. Go to the police station instead. Let's be smart about this thing called life. Be safe, friends. We want to see you here another day. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.